Today on the Italian radio show, Italians, the most misunderstood race on the planet. People think we're rude when we're only acting normal. Today we explore cultural differences with food and customs, making Italians appear obnoxious when they're not, including a famous impolite Italian song. All of this and more coming right up on West Coast Italian Radio. Hello folks and welcome to West Coast Italian Radio, bringing you the Italian Radio Show. This is your host, Tony Lestella, with the marvelous Marcia Caputo with us. Uh, you know, my, my wonderful, beautiful co-host here from Vincenza, Italy. How you doing today, Marcia? Hey, ciao, Tony. I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Folks, you are listening to us on KKNW 1150 AM in the Greater Puget Sound area. And if you'd like to be uh, a part of today's show, our call in number is 425-373-5527. 425-373-5527. Also, I might add that if you are not right here in our area, we stream the show live on the worldwide internet. So you can hear today's show, uh, as we're doing it, or you could hear it all week long, actually, in our archives along with all of our other shows in the past six years, by going to our website, WCIR.biz. Just remember the acronym for West Coast Italian Radio, WCIR.biz. You can stream it there. Today's show, any of the past shows, all week long. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell everybody, uh, and uh, we appreciate very much your listening. So, Marcia, I think it's time for us to get right into the crooks of what we're doing today. I mean, today's show... Today's mm-hmm. show is all about how Italians are misunderstood, you know? That's right. We I mean, people think we're yeah. rude, but we're not really rude. We're just, you know, we're just Italian, right? Just, yep. We're loud. We're direct. We have certain things that are traditions, you know? We're not yelling. We're speaking. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, starting right in with that theme, uh, we're going to start, first of all, folks, with some Italian news, on Pezzo di Italia nel Northwest. Uh, you know, we have great stories here. Uh, some of these come to us each week from Italy. Some of these come to us from around the United States, Italian-Americans. Actually, you know, Marcia, today's stories are both uh, Italian-Americans. Really? What did they you are, find? They are. The first one, in fact, comes to us from Sports Illustrated. Uh-huh. Uh, and this came out uh, February 1st. It's about a month old. Uh, and this is about Yogi Berra, the famous baseball player, Yogi Berra. They are going to be honoring him with a stamp, a postage stamp. The U.S. government is issuing this 2021. So, you know, they've, they've already showed uh, a preview of the stamp, I guess, January 1st. Uh, and, you know, baseball season, I don't know how, how, how you are. I know you're from Italy. That doesn't probably mean as much to you. But I'm a kid who grew up in the East Coast. And right. baseball season is huge. We're just about coming into baseball season. We hope, you know, that all the stands are going to be filled again with fans once we get past this pandemic. And I got to tell you that there's not many people mm-hmm. in the history of this sport that had as great of a career as Yogi Berra. And also, and also, this guy was a great American citizen. I have a question. What's why, they call, why they call him Yogi? Well, I, you, you know, that's uh, something that um, 
I think it was a, a nickname for him, but we'll have to Google that during one of our commercial breaks. And we'll come back with that. Um, I know his, his family name was Berra and his, you know, he was full Italian, both sides. His parents were from Italy. Again, we'll find that out when we uh, go to break and let you know. And I, I'm not sure where the nickname Yogi came from, but he was, you know, a great, great, a catcher for many, many years. In fact, the interesting thing is he always wore a mask. And the stab, you have a great picture of his face because he had a great face. Um, his son, Larry Berra, uh, is still alive. He's 71 years old, the son. And Yogi died in 2015. And I don't know if you know this, but Yogi yeah. Berra, he, he, he actually won more World Series. He has more of those big World Series rings than any other uh, more than any other athlete in the history of sports in any other sport. I mean, we talk about Tom Brady. Tom Brady's a great, great player in football. And I forget what Tom has now, like six or eight rings. But Yogi Berra has 10. He won 10 World Series. So think about that. That's really something, you know. So his it, name was Lawrence Peter Berra. Lawrence Peter. Okay, there you go. Lawrence Peter. So where did he get the nickname Yogi? I don't know yet. <laughs> they didn't say here. I have to well, you can check else. it out. While you're looking at that, uh, mm-hmm. an interesting thing about Yogi, you know, is mm. apart from his great contribution to baseball, he was also a highly decorated World War II combat veteran. Combat veteran. He wasn't just, you know, one of the sports celebrities or movie stars that signed up, you know, and, you know, wound up going to the USO or do something to entertain mm-hmm. the troops. This guy actually fought. He fought in the war in the South Pacific, and, you know, he was actually a gunner on a boat, saw a lot of action. Um, so, you know, he, he, he defended his country. He was a great, great citizen. Uh, and, you know, this is a real honor when you think about it, because to, to put someone on a stamp, on a postage stamp, is really a way that the United States can define, you know, and, and show a citizen who's really contributed, uh, you know, not not just by their deeds, but but also, uh, or, or by you know maybe their accomplishments, let's say, but also by the, their character, how they lived their life, you know, um, and it's really wonderful. I mean, think about it. Yogi Berra, you know, he brought thousands of people joy over his lifetime in baseball, and this is something that's going to keep him, uh, in, you know, in, in our memory for a long time. I find his nickname quite a common yogi. Okay. It was about during his teenage years when he was playing American Legion baseball. Yeah. And, and one afternoon after attending a movie that had a short piece of an Indian, yeah. um, a friend, Jack McGuire, they call, it, call him, noticed yeah. a resemblance between him and a yogi. So they start to call him yogi. Yogi, okay. I it like the one on the screen. It has something to do with Yogi the Bear. You remember he was yes. in cartoon. Yes. I don't know why. All right. Well, we have one more great uh, story here, Italian-American story. This has to do with the Italian-American club in Las Vegas, which is really a Las Vegas institution. This came out in the Las Vegas Sun uh, just a couple weeks ago, February 15, 2021. And it's... Uh, this club is unlike any other Italian club around the country. It was formed 60 years ago. Uh, you know, initially it was a private club where a mm-hmm. lot of the famous entertainers like Sinatra or the Rat Pack, they would go after the shows, 
you know, kind of relaxed to be private away from people. Over the years, it evolved into a restaurant, and now it's even evolved further. It's a great nonprofit organization celebrating Italian Americans and uh, really raising money there in the uh, community. Um, the thing that's about this club is for 60 years, it has presented great live music and live entertainment. I mean, it is considered one of the places you go in Las Vegas to really see the great, great music and entertainment acts. They have both headline acts. They present up and coming acts. They got a big showroom that where they do dinner shows for 300 people. And they also do, you know, uh, five days a week in their lounge. They present, you know, up and coming acts. So they've done some fantastic things. A lot of my uh, friends, like people like uh, Frankie Shinta and others that I work with in Las Vegas appear there on a regular basis. So there are really some top-notch entertainment going through there. And, you know, they survived COVID. I mean, a great. this is great because, you know, think about it. There's so many places uh, that haven't survived COVID. Even our friend up there in Canada, uh, you know, who had the great nightclub um, up there uh, on uh, uh, in the Italian district, did was, not survive COVID, you know. Oh, Federico. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Federico. Really bad. Uh, that's too bad, you know. But this, they, they fortunately survived COVID down there. Now they're reopening. Uh, they have both renowned celebrities going to be doing dinner shows coming through there as well as. We should go there. Huh? We should go there. We should go there. Absolutely. I mean, we are West Coast Italian Radio. We got an interview that Mm -hmm. maybe we'll even go down there with a band, play some music. Who knows? Do our Sinatra show or our Italian show down there. And it's not unusual in this club. For a lot of celebrities to still drop by uh. to relax, to watch the acts there. And even occasionally, you'll have some of these celebrities that jump up on stage and <laughs> join in with the entertainment. So God bless them. They're doing a great, great thing to keep entertainment alive. So there you go, folks. That's your news of the day. And now, you know, we're going to get right into this show because our next food segment is going to be all about Italian food customs that a lot of people find rude, but if you go to Italy, they're the normal things. Uh, so don't go away because we're going to be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas. And we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Hey, Dad, thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. we got to pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what my friend Frank Isernio said. All natural Italian sausages to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast. Isernio Sausage. Visit Isernio.com for recipes or to find a store near you. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's handmade vodka distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. 
All right, folks, we're back with more West Coast Italian Radio. Of course, today's theme show uh, is the way that Italians are misunderstood for being rude when we're just being ourselves. Uh, don't you find this to be true, Marzia? It is, it is, because, you know, it's, uh, um, I can tell you one adventure, what happened to me when I came to the States the first time. Okay. I remember when I was walking by around the neighbor, and here in the States, people, they say hello to you. Right. I didn't apply hi back because I was thinking, that's so rude. He doesn't know me. Why is he hi to me? In Italy, we don't do that with people you don't know. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know what you're saying. I mean, I go out, you know, every day I see someone walking by uh-huh. the street. Hey, how you doing, you know? And I know that's more of an American, even an Italian-American right. thing. But they don't, and they, 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 they not only don't do that in Italy, they don't do that in most of Europe, you know. No, you're um, just people you don't know, you don't speak with them. Exactly. That, well, so we have our food segment here. Okay, brought, brought to us by our great sponsor, Tito's Vodka. Tito's mm-hmm. Handmade Vodka out of Austin, Texas. Right. We love Tito's. And, folks, i got to tell you, they are the very best vodka. If you're going to have a party or gathering, you want to do something special, make sure you use Tito's. We love them, and we thank them for all they do for the Italian community. Um, now, getting into food, there are certain things, you know, that are unusual, different, that a lot of people who might come from America – or from other parts of the world might find rude when they go to Italy, or at least at the very least they're going to find it difficult or a little different. Let's start out by, we've been, we interviewed some people here, so let's talk to our first person I got here that uh, we pre-recorded her interview, and she's going to tell us about Italian breakfasts. The next thing I had to get used to is the Italian breakfast. So in the U.S., my family always had very healthy breakfast, you know, eggs and fruit or oatmeal, just kind of some healthy fuel to get your day started. But in Italy, their breakfast is usually cookies, croissants, or just any sort of like pastry or cake, and that is very normal for them. So I personally still kind of have my American breakfast because I really need something healthy to start my day. I remember it was so weird the first time my boyfriend like pulled out a pack of cookies and started eating it for breakfast because I was like, isn't that dessert? You're going to eat cookies for breakfast? Like that just was a foreign concept to me. But instead, it's so normal here in Italy, and a lot of times my boyfriend will have something really rich and sugary to kind of kickstart his day, and I could never do that. Honestly, I don't think I would ever feel good having a breakfast like that, but for Italians, that's totally normal, and 90% of Italians have a breakfast just like that. So what do you think of that? You, what do you say? Okay, I'm trying to hear, I started early because it's healthy to have a breakfast with eggs and everything. Yeah, yeah. I don't say my words. Just, there is no right because then you have a sugar after the end of the day, which is worst. Yeah, yeah. It's much better having the money, your cookie, your dessert, because you have all day to burn it. And if you think about it, afternoon, we don't have no more sugar in Italy. That's why we are more skinny people in Italy for that reason, because what we do, we can have a normal lunch, a dinner, but sugar is really where after that day. It's, the well, it's, also, it's also she's being hypocritical. Because look, yes. in, in, in America, what do you eat for breakfast? Normally you eat these cereals, you know, right. cereal and milk, and these cereals are so full of sugar. Thank are you me. kidding me? It's like eating right. a biscotti. You want to start healthy. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> start with healthy. So you're going to have a 
three meals a day. That's what she's eating. And then she eats a lot in the morning. Then she have a lunch in Italy. It's like, you know, and dinner. No good. I think if you go there for vacation, you can do it. If you go there for leave and you eat like this, good luck. <laughs> All right. So now they're saying, the next next thing says, uh, yeah, this is, uh, you know, for lunch, it's very typical in Italy that people have pasta every day for their lunch. So we had another interview with a guy here. Let's hear what he has to say about it. Pasta is a daily meal for me. Usually for lunch is when you have your, your pasta dish. And it's pretty normal. Like, I, I don't understand what else you would eat. Pasta is a fairly simple thing to make. And you can switch it up in so many ways. You can have it with tomato sauce. You can have it with meats. You can have it with different types of things and kind of like vary it a little bit. It's kind of like bread. Like if you eat a sandwich every day for lunch, pasta is a very similar thing to that in terms of what you're taking in. Pizza is kind of like a once a week thing maybe, maybe even less than that, but you would not normally do that. Pasta, a lot more likely. And also no cold pasta. People here eat like pasta salads, which is like cold pasta. I don't get that. I don't like that. That's something that kind of feels a bit icky to me. It just feels like salt, like, uh, 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 oh, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> That's interesting what he says because um, you're actually right. When you go to Italy, I have not ever seen any place that serves cold pasta or pasta salads. I mean, that's it's where I'm you know. That is the summertime. Yeah, pasta yeah. Salad is really good, but summertime. You don't eat it in wintertime. But I like it, like it, um, it's true. We eat pasta, but remember that. We don't just eat one dishes. We have two different servings every yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So we always serve with the first one is pasta, and then you go with the second. So sometimes you eat it even a night pasta. Right. Well, and I know that. I remember, you know, all the time that we were in Italy, plus we had Italian exchange students here, they eat pasta for lunch. But you're right. It, it's they're, But they're eating it again early in the day, and it's, right. and it's typically a very simple pasta, like, you know, be spaghetti. There's some type of a simple macaroni with just – a zucco, a very simple uh, Italian red sauce. It's not too much. Maybe it could be a little plate, not full the plate. Remember that because we eat the second, we have the cheese, we have the fruit, the yeah, health. Exactly, exactly. The coffee. So you, the pasta is not full ball of plate. Really, if you see it, my mom should make a little plate, really. It's enough for make sure we have a second. Well, now here's a good one. Here, here, this, this, this is another interview we've had. This actually is a gal from Australia we talked to. Okay. He's talking about the fact that, uh, when you go out to eat in Italy, you cannot ask the restaurant to change the recipe or to change the ingredient. Like you'd say, well, I want gluten-free pasta or I want to have, uh, can you change out, uh, this sauce for this sauce or this noodle for this noodle? No. That's totally taboo. So let's hear what she has to say about that. When I first started going out for dinner, was that oftentimes they won't do modifications on food for you. Or if you ask for a certain modification on food, um, they'll kind of look at you weird or recommend you um, not to do something. Uh, <laughs> or if you order a specific drink that's, you know, not um, culturally meant to go with your food or not normally um, something that Italians do. They're not afraid to say, no, it's not the authentic Italian way. They've got specific ways they do things. They have a specific order they eat their food. And 
They just want the tourists to have the authentic Italian experience. They want it to be a good Italian experience. They want you to taste the real food. They want you to taste all the real flavors, etc., etc. So what do you think about that? I mean, I find that to be very true. You know, when you go to Italy, you can't ask for a lot. I mean, they're going to serve it to you the way they serve it to you. You know, you say, oh, I want to have Parmesan. No, they're not going to give you the Parmesan. You know, they're not going to give the, you know, I want red peppers. They, you know, even, even asking for salt, even asking for salt, a lot of Italian restaurants will get very offended if you want to put salt on your food. Have you found that to be true? Well, it depends. Certain things is not a problem. Especially now, I just find out a lot of people with a, uh, with a COVID. They use masks, so they don't, te- they don't test the food no more, the chef. So I think they are open mind with that, too. They're going to change a lot of things. But, like I say, if you ask um, pasta arrabbiata, the salsa, but I don't want the bacon, I don't want this inside, you have to, it's it start to be complicated because he didn't make just the salsa for you, lady. He made the salsa for other five people. So that could be a little bit different, difficult to change completely, remove things. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's absolutely. But for the rest, I know when I go, I always ask, can I have my oil extra virgin? I need a spoon or something. I always like to put extra. They always have no problem to bring it to you. Now, if you order the pizza and you ask Parmesan on top, they will bring it to you, but be pretty sure they're gonna be laughing behind you and yeah, yeah. Back yeah, because they want you to get the there. There, we are, we are as a people Italian. very proud of how we make our food, and we don't want people to mess with it. Okay, right. and there you go, folks. That's your food segment for the day. So now you know it's time for our artist of the week, Marcia. And keeping with our theme, I came up with the most impolite song in, in Italy. Okay, <laughs> and interestingly, this is a very famous song. It's been around for a long time. I didn't know this till I googled this. Uh, it, there is a song. You know, there's a, a guy who uh, who's very famous now. He he, he's, he plays this on a Netflix TV show. He does performances around the world. It's Mark Ziti is the guy's name. And he has a famous Italian swing band called the Fratelli Cotelli. And they play the song Bella Ciao. Now, we remember the song Bella Ciao. Famous mm-hmm. song. It actually came out even before World War II. But it took on a real special meaning in World War II as it became kind of a... Uh, a, a theme song for the underground against the Nazis, against the fascism of Benito Mussolini. And generally, according to Mark Ziti, when he plays the song, the dance floor gets packed. Everybody's out there dancing, clapping their hands, except for the old people that are sitting in the back of the room with their arms folded and they're basically just scowling at them because, you know, for the older people, they're remembering, you know, this as being a song with a lot of bad memories with over 80,000 civilians who were killed in this underground movement trying to drive the Nazis, the fascism out of Italy. And, uh, you know, there was a big civil war about this. A lot of families, you know, be brother against brother, kind of like what we experienced in our own civil war here. So while the song is not necessarily bad. It is considered to be impolite by a lot of the older Italians. But Zidi says, you know, he continues to play the song because he says it, it, it represents a time in Italy when people sing songs with feeling. They sing songs about love, freedom, and even war. They sing them from the heart. And he says, you know, you just don't hear these type of songs anymore in Italy. So here you go, folks. 
the most impolite Italian song, famous as it is for years and years. Here's a version of Bella Ciao for you as your song of the week, artist of the week here on the Italian radio show. Hi, I'm Tito Beverage, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. When I got into this business, I used to make flavored vodka infusions for my friends as gifts. When I started to make a go of it, the owner of a local liquor store showed me the dust on some flavored vodka bottles that sat on the shelves. He said, if you can make a straight vodka so smooth that you could drink it just by itself, then you'd really have something. So I did. And now all these years later, we still only make one flavor, vodka flavored vodka. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Hey, Dad, thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. we got to pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what my friend Frank Cicernio said. All natural Italian sausages to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast. Cicernio sausage. Visit Cicernio.com for recipes or to find a store near you. Pacific Food Importers has been distributing Mediterranean food products in the greater Seattle area since 1971. Beginning as an olive import company, PFI has evolved into a well-known wholesale food distributor in the Pacific Northwest, servicing restaurants, grocers, manufacturers, and caterers. Family-owned and operated, PFI stocks a wide variety of cured meats, specialty cheeses from around the world, and a vast range of Mediterranean products. PFI's service area includes the greater Puget Sound region and Portland, Oregon. Situated in North Kent, PFI has a central location allowing for efficient service and delivery, as well as convenient will-call pickups for established customers in Seattle. Pacific Food Importers Incorporated is committed to providing quality products at competitive prices to the food service industry of the Pacific Northwest. Visit PacificFoodImporters.com for more information or to contact us. Alternative Talk, 1150 on AM, 98.9 HD3 on HD, 1150kknw.com on the web. All right, folks, we are back with West Coast Italian Radio, bringing you the Italian Radio Show. This is your host, Tony Lestella, with the lovely Marcia Caputo as my co-host here. And Marcia, now, you know, I thought we'd do something special today for our guest segment. Since we're talking about how Italians are so misunderstood, how people think, you know, Italians are rude, and when we're just being the way that we are, okay? So let's talk about some specific customs. And I, again, I went back to the various people who we involved in our food segment that, you know, people who have been to Italy, live in Italy, are Italians or Italian Americans, and we got different ones to tell us different things that they've experienced that people either from the USA or from other countries might find rude if they go to Italy. The first one, believe it or not, uh, and I mean, we've all experienced this, are Italians, of course, are very blunt people. If you ask them something, they're not going to hold back anything. They're going to tell you exactly the way it is. Here's what our first person that we interviewed had to say about it. The first thing that was really hard for me to get used to, and I'm still not really used to this, is the fact that Italians are very blunt, but here it's completely normal. So the first thing is Italians are not afraid to tell you if you gain weight. So I'm a person who tends to kind of yo-yo sometimes. I have gotten a fair share of comments from Italians 
telling me I gained weight, I look fatter. I don't know. And the way they say it just feels like very in your face. They say like, oh, you got fat. Like they'll just say it straight up. And the first time it happened, I was like, okay. I mean, I just didn't even know how to respond. I was like humiliated. But then I looked at my boyfriend and he just had this normal face on, like nothing strange had happened. And so I was really confused. And as time went by, I was like, oh, everybody says this. It's a normal thing in Italy, which in the United States, you would never say to someone's face, oh, you got fat or you gained weight. I mean, that's like unheard of, but here it's normal. And that was a huge shock for me. So what do you think about that? I mean, you know. It's so true because that's the thing. Even when I talk about, you know, how certain things here, the culture American, for me, is hard. It's understanding when they talk to the kids. Oh, you did great. Don't worry about it. You lost the game. But you guys play great. I'm shocked because I have been tired. It's like, no, you play horrible. I don't see yeah. nothing wrong to be exactly, honest. Exactly. Exactly. You know. Why have to say good job? for something that you didn't good. And, so, and, and I understand. I mean, I understand to try to come make the people feel good, make them understand that, you know, it's a sport and, you know, you got a winner, you got a loser. But, yeah, at the same thing, you're right. You got to be blunt. And, you know, you don't just walk around telling people a bunch of lies because then, you know, people right. go wrong. I mean, you know, it's, it's something that makes you want to be better. So you got to kind of, you know, find a way. But the, the thing is Italians are blunt. If yes. you ask them for their opinion – then, you know, be prepared. They're going <laughs> to tell you their opinion, and, you know, like it or not, that, uh -huh. you know, or else don't ask. That's now, here's right. another one that's quite interesting uh. that I didn't uh, realize was even an issue, but apparently uh, in Italy, blowing your nose in public is a very normal thing. Everybody does it, and many people uh, from other countries, including the United States, can be quite offended when it happens. Here's uh, what one of our uh, interviewees that we spoke with had to say about it. So the first rude Italian habit is blowing your nose in public. All of my Italian friends walk around ready with a packet of tissues in their pockets, which is something that I've never seen in America, and it's something that I still haven't been able to get myself to do. People always ask me if I have a tissue, and I'm just like, I'm sorry, I don't. Um, in Italy, the correct thing to do is when you blow your nose, when you have to blow your nose, to so just blow it. You can blow it anywhere you want. If you're in class, if you're on the metro, if you need to blow your nose, you blow your nose. Strangely enough, in America, people don't really blow their nose in public. If anything, if you need to blow your nose, people usually, like, excuse themselves. They go to the bathroom to blow their nose, or they'll go to, like, if you're in class, some people go to, like, the back of the class to blow their nose. Blowing your nose in front of people is just seen as a really, um gross thing to do. And in America, what I would always do and what I know most people would do is you kind of sniffle. You just inhale and try to like get your stuff in. But guess what? In Italy, that is seen as disgusting. Go figure. Sniffling and trying to spare people the sight of seeing you blow your nose would be considered rude here. Less rude and more disgusting. <laughs> if an Italian blows their nose in front of you, they're actually not being rude. Um, they're not being weird. You're going to be seen as the weird one for being upset about it. So what do you think about that? He irritated me. First of all, I apologize because I still blow my nose even during the radio if I have to. So. Exactly, exactly. But I mean, you. But I, but I, and I realize that when you go to Italy or you go to even to some Italian neighborhoods here with with people that are first generation, they blow their nose. It's just how it is, you know. But she say it's okay to sniffle. Is my shirt. So you pull it up and swallow your own things for your nose. It's not. 
That, that's, that sounds even more disgusting. It's a, it both, but I'm just saying that a lot of people, so, you know, when you go to Italy, they're going to blow their nose in public. Don't worry about it. That's the way people are. It's not rude, but that's how they behave. But, again, that's how uh, people, you know, Italians get a bad rep because of some of this stuff. All right, so now here's one. Here's one that many people can relate to. Italian road rage. Let's hear what this guy has to say about it. This is probably the one everyone's been waiting for, uh, road rage. I think Italians have a tendency to be enraged on the road. So I do get enraged very easily when I'm driving because I'm expecting everyone to be on the road, right? I do honk, but I don't honk consistently. Uh, I've resorted to flashing a bit more because I feel like that's more polite because you're not making noise. So I flash a lot when I need people to get out of my way. Um, yeah, I guess I'm, in a bit, I'm a bit of an annoying driver, uh, especially when I'm in a mood, but it is what it is. It's just the way it is. So, you know, I don't know about you, but I, but I think that, that that is a very true statement. I remember in Italy, you know, being, being stopped at a stoplight, and the little scooters come by and they slap the front of your car and you know Hey Italian <laughs> drivers are the most impatient drivers I ever met in my life. But do you see where we are driving? People complaining here on the highway when you guys have a three or four lane. In Italy, we have two lane of highway. So if you drive in a city, our street is crazy. You have to have this personality to wake up. Let's move it. Or you're going to kill someone if you fall asleep looking, oh, look at the butterfly. We have no time for that. It's one lane. We got to move. And we have a lot of people to drive. That's so, true. So you agree with me that there is a dying road rage. <laughs> and what can I tell you, folks? Again, it's another country. It is what it is. You yes. find it rude. Oh, well. Okay. All right. So moving right along here. Here's one uh, from a gal uh, who tells us that um, she was very surprised when she goes to Italy and if you bump into somebody, like, you know, you're walking on the street, you, you, you're coming in and out of a, a building, and you bump somebody, you know, normally here in America, in many places in the world, you would say, excuse me. However, in Italy, they don't say nothing. In Italy, it's like you bump into somebody, they just keep on going. And if you say excuse me, they don't even pay attention to you. You bump every two seconds. We exactly. are both so Here's what she has to say about it. When you're walking down the street and you accidentally bump into someone, you accidentally like brush past someone, a quick sorry or excuse me or something is just like second nature. Whereas in Italy, um, they're not just going to, you know, waste words on something that was like, you know, they brushed past you in the street. Uh, unless they like really hurt you or something, of course they're going to say sorry. But, um, you know, like if they just brush you or like bump you in accidentally or something, uh, they're not really going to acknowledge it. And a lot of the time, if I were to say, oh, scusa, like scusi, or something like that, if I ran into someone on the tram or something, I don't know, just a random example, but they would just, like, not respond or not reply. So there you go. I mean, um, you know, they're basically saying, you know, you bump into somebody, you just keep walking, you know? It's not to be rude. You just do it all the time. If you have to stop every second all the day, sorry, 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 you will never make it to the door. Exactly. And, you know, and, and interestingly, I know places like in this country, uh, you know, there's certain cities uh, that if you were to bump into somebody and you don't say excuse me, they're going to want to, like, to punch you or pick a fight with you, you know. <laughs> 
Exactly. And so it's totally oh. the different culture there, folks. Again, if you go there, don't get upset about it. Now, we kind of saved the best here for last because the biggest thing, of course, that we hear constantly is people talking about Italians. They're always shouting. They're always interrupting one another. They're screaming. You know, but that's just the way we communicate. Come on, okay? <laughs> So I have I have actually three here. We're going to play in a row, and then we're going to talk about it, about Italians and the way they communicate. When you're in a conversation with an Italian person, it's not considered rude to interrupt people. Like, that's just how they speak. Like, you'll be having a conversation, you'll make your point, and then the other person will have their point, and they'll just hop in. And what you're supposed to do is just, like, interrupt them as well, and it goes back and forth like that, and that's the normal rhythm of a conversation here. Whereas in America, it would be seen as completely rude to cut somebody off and to interrupt somebody while they're speaking. What will happen when I'm in a conversation in the real world is like, I'll make my point, somebody will interrupt me, and I'll, then I'll be, I'll be quiet for the rest of the conversation because I'm trying to find a break. I'm trying to find a break in the conversation to make my point, but there will never be a break in that Italian conversation. All right, here's yet what another person has to say about the same topic. Mm-hmm. A lot of people from abroad believe that Italians are always arguing because they talk over each other a lot, when in reality it's just a very natural flow of conversation. It is something that feels a lot more natural in Italy than it does in other countries. This whole, like, talking over, jumping in. It's not talking over. It's jumping in when it's the right time to add to the conversation. There you go. So I would say that that's fairly accurate in how it, it, it explains it. I mean, you know, you grow up, first of all, I don't know how it was in your family, but we had like these huge family gatherings, 50 people coming over the house every Sunday. You had to shout just to be heard over the roar of the crowd, you know? Well, the point is this. When we start talking, or Italian, it was like, yes, it happened to you. Me too. Can you believe it? We get excited. We're very, very passionate people. We really feeling it what you say. We are not pretending like, oh, really? Oh, okay. We are bored. If it happened that, we are already bored what you're talking about. If we answer back and we are really talking back to you, it's mean we love it when we are talking. That's all. There it is. you go, folks. Okay. There you go. All right. We're going to be right back after this short word from our sponsors with some great Italian phrases that sound rude, but they really are not. Don't go away. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In the mid-90s, I bought a piece of land in Austin with a credit card check and built the very first micro distillery in the history of the state of Texas. I'd never built a still before, so I did some research and designed and built my own pot stills based on Prohibition-era bust photos I found in the library. I didn't know then that this was kind of the start of the American craft distilling movement right here in Austin, Texas. Cheers. 80-proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Hey, Dad, thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. we got to pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what my friend Frank Cicernio said. All natural Italian sausages to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast. Cicernio sausage. Visit Cicernio.com for recipes or to find a store near you. Alternative Talk 1150, the talk of the sound. All right, folks, we are back with more West Coast Italian Radio, bringing you the Italian Radio Show. My name is Tony Lestella here with the lovely Marcia Caputo, your two hosts. 
And our whole show today is about how Italians are the most misunderstood race on the planet. People think that we're rude when we're just being ourselves, just being honest, just being Italian. Uh, so we thought we would pick out some Italian phrases today. These are rude Italian phrases. They sound, when you hear them, they sound like they're rude, but they're really not. They're really not insults if you really know the meaning of them and how they're going to be used. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to have you read uh, each of these in Italian, and then I'm going to tell people what they mean, Marzia. You take the first one. Okay. The first one is this. Faccia da culo. So faccia da culo, I mean, you know, we all pretty much know what that means. It means you have a you know, face that looks like your bottom, right? Okay. Now, that sounds offensive. That sounds offensive, but it really... <laughs> Doesn't mean that. What it means is you're a person who is very direct. You have no constraints. You're going to say exactly what's on your mind without any fear of embarrassment. Okay? Would you say that's correct? Yes, but still, I think it's an insult. When you say it, you say it to someone that you don't like it too much. You know, right. you think you're so maybe right. that one will cut, we'll, we'll, we'll draw the line a little bit. <laughs> we'll walk the line on that. Okay? <laughs> All right. Read the next one. Okay. Coglione. <laughs> Coglione. Okay, so again, we all know that, that Italians have this obsession, this obsession okay. with testicles. I don't know what it is. They have, I mean, you see it in all the movies, everything, okay? They're breaking my you-know-what, okay? So the bottom line is here, mm. they, 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 it indicates that if you use this, it's not necessarily an insult. It may, basically means you're totally oblivious to life. Uh, you're probably just simply naive and you don't got a clue. Would you you're say dumb. that's accurate? Yes. <laughs> no, you're so, dumb. Okay, I try to keep clean it up a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so maybe these right. phrases are a little bit insulting, but they're not anywhere near as bad as they sound. Okay? <laughs> Let's move on to the next one. Okay. Fottere. Fottere. Now the verb fottere, it says it means to steal or more commonly and vulgar, vulgarly, uh, to mm -hmm. sleep with somebody. Yeah. But in general, it basically indicates that it's something you don't care about. Like, you know, you're not going to do your homework because you don't care about it. You're a fottery. Mm -hmm. Would you say that's true? Hey, no, me, no me interessa. I don't care. That's what it means, too. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't uh, care, right. you know? All right. Yes. All right. Let's move on to the next one. Well, the next one. Cazzo. So this is one, if you go to Italy, you're going to hear cazzo at least once a day, probably more. Okay, In every everywhere. And again, <laughs> just like Italians are obsessed with testicles, they're obsessed with a penis for whatever reason. I don't know. But they're just... Insulting the man. That's all we do. Yeah, exactly. it. it's, because it's a masculine society there. What can yes. I say, okay? So, um, it, but, but really, it's not as much of an insult as it's an emphasis. It, it, it emphasizes something. Like if you miss the bus, you say, ah, cazzo. Well, we have words like that, obviously, here that emphasize things as well. But, of course, we can't see on the radio because of the FCC. So, let's move right on here. Okay. Figa. So, figa, again, um, you know, and again, we're not saying anything vulgar here, but just like, you know, Italians are obsessed with the Male anatomy, they're also obsessed with the female yeah. anatomy, okay? Uh, but this word is actually a compliment in Italy, okay? Or at least this is what it tells us here. It can it use it like this. Like this. They can say, say proprio una figa. There you go, okay? 
So if a girl or a boy is a fika or fika, it means they're good looking. It means they're good looking. If you go to a concert, it was a great concert. You go, you say fikisimo, okay, or it was exceptional, right? Okay, figata. There you yeah. go. So, you know, I guess they hold that part of the female uh, um, um, body in very high esteem because they use it to mean, you know, you're beautiful, you're good looking, or it was That's great. Right. All right? right. I think we have time for one more here. Okay, let's do it. Que culo. Que culo. Again, getting back to the culo word, we're kind of where we started. You say, <laughs> what a bottom, okay? Well, you know, and we well, trust me, folks, we cleaned that up for the FCC, okay? Yes. And again, this is not a comment about somebody's anatomy, okay? What yeah. it actually means, interestingly, in Italy, is that they're really lucky. I mean, if mm-hmm. someone like wins the lottery, that's culo, that's luck, okay? Yes. And the winning of the lottery was a bota di culo, a bit of luck, right? Would you <laughs> yeah. say that's true? It's true. It's there true. There you go. So interestingly, how some of these words uh, are different uh, when you look at how they're, you know, they're literally written versus how they're actually used in the culture. Uh, and, you know, I think we only have a few more minutes left here. A couple of things we need to cover is we have some great virtual events coming up right. uh, here in the Puget Sound area. Um, first of all, you want to tell us about the first one there we have on the schedule, uh, the, the crab feed. Tell us about the crab feed. Well, the crab free, excuse me, one second, I think fine. I have the virtual event. They're all virtual, right? Saturday, March 6th. Saturday, March 6th is the Grand Lodge crab feed. But this year, of course, since, you know, we have everything shut down and they're just starting to reopen, they're doing it as a drive-through dinner, okay, uh, which is very, very cool. They still have some of the best crab you're going to taste. It's a great fundraiser for the Grand Lodge of the Northwest for the Sons of Italy. So please contact them directly. Go online to their website to get more information. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the next event here. This is a fun one because this is one that we're the actually... Italiano? Uh, well, this is the Bingo Italiano. Yes, and we're going to yeah. be participating in this. This is really? a West Coast Italian radio event. And since, you know, they drafted me to be one of the hosts of this, Marcia, I'm going to draft you to also be one of the hosts of this, okay? Thank you for letting me know that <laughs> right now. I just did. I just did. There you go, okay? This is going to be right. March March 19th, mm-hmm. uh, 7 to 9 p.m., Friday night. And it's an online uh, bingo Italiana that we have a great time. We've done it a couple times already over the last year, hosted by Festa Italiana and West Coast Italian Radio. With musical guest Lenny Luzzi and yours truly, Tony Lestella will be there, do some songs. Of course, Lenny is a great, great artist, so it's always a pleasure to do music with him. And we're going to have four great bingo, four great bingo mm-hmm. rounds, uh, we have, plus a big grand drawing at the end. There's great prizes that we're going to be giving away throughout the evening for the winners of each of these, plus a big prize at the end for just participating. For tickets or to learn more, get your bingo cards, go to FestaSeattle.com. FestaSeattle.com. All right? I like that one. That's some fun, it's too. It's going to be a lot of fun. And last but not least, on March 27th, Bella, Bella Vita Lodge. Mm-hmm. We're having a Pie with a Smile fundraiser. Pie with a Smile fundraiser. Sounds like a lot of fun and some good pie to eat there. Contact Diane Stefanini. Diane mm-hmm. Stefanini. Uh, she can be reached at 360-669-9380. 360-669-9380. 
360-669-9380. We only have a couple of minutes left here in our show. So, you know, I think we need to remind people that starting the 1st of April, we're going to be launching our After Hours show. Right. It's going to be great. Uh, Italian Radio After Hours. We're going to be talking more or less about the same topics we talk about every week, but we're going to be very candid about them. We're going to have some very candid guests and probably some dialogue that we can do online for adult listeners over 18 that would not probably be appropriate for the FCC, but it's going to be a great deal of fun. So we're getting, uh, recording some of these shows right now. It's going to be a weekly podcast. Best, best of all, you're going to get to see both of us live. It's going to be a televised podcast. You can listen to it, of course, just the audio, too, if you're in your car. But each week, you know, you get to see the lovely Marcia Caputo there and the old guy here, you know, live doing our thing. So it's going to be a lot of fun, you know? It's going to be fun, yes. Okay. And, you know, next week, Marcia, next week is our sixth anniversary. Can you believe we have been broadcasting for six years? Uh, we're going to see if we get David uh, Madrid, our uh, founder and our original host, come back on the show, do some of the show with us. That'd and be it's fun. also going to be the feast of uh, the, uh, the Festa de la Donna, Donna. the International mm-hmm. Women's Day Feast. So you're going to kind of be our lead person on that show and, you know, kind of doing so, interviews and everything. Make sure, have a drink mimosa in your hands, turn on the radio, and we're going to give you all the information about Festa de la Donna. There you go, folks. That's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you all, wherever you are. We're going to be back next week with a brand new show. This is Tony Lestella Marcia Caputo signing off. Ciao, Bella. Ciao a tutti.